We've been on the subject of forever settled. Forever settled. And tonight, I want to talk to you about what I believe will help you to see and potentially transform wealth and riches into your life. And it's important for us to get this, and, and I, I mean, before, you know, uh, prosperity uh, being taught sometimes is rejected by people. I've never understood that because, you know, everywhere we go in life, there's a need for us to have financial wealth. From the day a child is conceived until the, the grave, a, a, an individual consumes money. Now think about it. I mean, before the child even comes, money begins, cons consumption begins. In the first bottle, consumption begins. And then it continues and it grows as you grow. And your life continues to grow. And why people would act like it's a subject that's taboo or that it's a subject we can't talk about or that, it, the, that it's ungodly to have money is just beyond me. Now the Bible says that that God wants us to be wealthy. He wants us to have more than enough. Somebody say amen. amen. And I believe that begins from conception to the grave and ends with the grave. How many believe that? Amen. And so tonight I want to talk about, first of all, I want to talk about the idea that we know that it is forever settled. I got a good joke for you. Let me tell you my joke. God came to Adam. Don't go, oh Lord, yet. It's a good joke. God came to Adam in the garden, saw that he was lonely, and said to him, Adam, I noticed you're lonely. I really feel like I should provide for you, so I want to make you a helpmate. I want to make you a wife. She's going to be beautiful, beyond the stars in comparison. She's going to serve you perfectly and holy. She will never talk back to you. She will do everything you say. Her personality will be absolutely awesome. She's going to be everything you could possibly desire in every possible way, from head to toe. Never have an attitude. Never speak back in any way or form. Never have a problem with you. She will clean your clothes, wash your dishes, drive your car, tour you around. She will care for you like none other. And all it'll cost you is an arm and a leg. So Adam looked at him and said, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Prosperity scriptures. Proverbs 10:22. The blessings of the Lord they make rich and they add no sorrow to them. 2 Corinthians 8 9, for we know that by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. I didn't say it. Don't get mad at me. Don't throw me under the bus. Some have said, that's just spiritual, uh, a spiritual. No, Jesus uh, was not a, listen, if that was about spiritual riches and not about natural riches, then Jesus would have been spiritually poor. If you are spiritually poor, you cannot raise the dead. You cannot heal lame eyes. You could not do what Jesus did. You could not walk on water. He was not spiritually poor. 
But for us, natural wealth was diminished so that you and I could have riches. He became poor that through his poverty, you could be rich. Get it inside of you. Get it in your heart. Get it in there where you understand. Get, I, tonight, I want you to leave and understand God wants you to have riches and wealth more than enough. If I don't preach it, we're not going to get it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. God wants you to have your house, and He wants you to have it paid off. Not, not just meeting the bills. You've you got to understand, to, to believe for food and water is survival. That's not blessing. God doesn't want us to just survive. God wants us to go over into blessing. He wants me to eat a steak. To live on the streets instead of a house. The streets would be survival, but a house would be better. God wants me to live in a house, in a bed, and have more than enough as a provider. And God doesn't mind us having things. We don't have to sacrifice things in order for God to have blessed us. It's okay to have stuff as long as the stuff don't have you. If the stuff begins to steal you away from the house of God, if the stuff begins to take you away from the plan and purpose of God, if the stuff begins to cloud your mind to the presence of the Lord, then you don't need the stuff. If the, if the stuff that you buy takes up your life, then you don't need the stuff. If it takes up your time, then, then, then you don't need the stuff. But God does not mind you having the stuff. I've been blessed. In my life, I've been, I've been able to see there's a release of, of prosperity in, in our lives, Amy and I. It's not where I want to be. I heard a man that was teaching the other day, and he said they valued him at $150 million. He said, that's an insult. He said, because God's my supply. He said, my God shall supply all my needs. Well, when he said that it transferred something into my mind, I got to thinking about that. I'd have thought, I'd be good with 150 million. You know, I'd be good with a million. But it would be lower expectations than God actually, I mean, I don't understand if you don't, because when we get to heaven, can you imagine what's going to be in heaven, the treasure, the, the, the sheer volume of blessing that's going to be in the heavenly kingdom of God? Can you imagine? And he said, as it is in heaven. Oh, that you would get upset about this. I pray that it gets in your spirit, that you get it inside of you. You don't have to live there. You don't have to be there. And if we can get a release of finances, can you imagine what we can do for the kingdom of God? Can you imagine? I want to tell you we got to get poverty off of Timminsville. We got to get poverty out of Darlington. We got to get poverty off of Oakland Street. We got to get poverty out of Florence. We got to get poverty out of our region. We got to curse it in the name of Jesus. And we got to see a breakthrough, a financial blessing. I'll tell you, if it starts in family worship, center, I'm pretty good with that. It's got to drop in your heart. It's got to get to the point of dissatisfaction. I got saved because I was dissatisfied with the life I was living. I found out that what I had wasn't enough. I found out that what I had was, was less than what I could have. 
I saw the goodness of God and it led me to repentance. And I turned to God so that I could be blessed. And I'm telling you, you got to become dissatisfied with where you are and say, I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm not going to live here anymore. I'm not going to endure this anymore. I'm not going to stand for this anymore. I'm not going to be like this anymore. Somebody say amen. amen. Because Christ has redeemed me from it. I'm redeemed from it. Let's look at another scripture. 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above, I wish above all things. I, I, I always I marveled at the statement, all things. That he's, he is wishing or praying above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. If you get what I'm talking to you about tonight, and, and, and this won't be the last message. Obviously, I'm going to continue this until I'm done. But if you get this, God's going to help you start your business. He's going to turn around your job situation. He's going to fix where they've been, the devil's been stealing from you. That, that contract that you need, God's going to bring it about. Because you're finally going to come to the point to realize life isn't case sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. And that you've just got to allow this to happen and hope that the contract comes through. Hope that you get the next deal. Hope that you, no, you don't have to hope. We walk by faith, bless God, and not by sight. When I know what the Word of God said, when I receive what the Word of God said, when I stand on what the Word of God said, bless God, I can have what the Word of God said I can have. Boy, I just hope that you're getting it. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I'm not satisfied with where this church is today. We should be able to do more. We should be able to give more. We should be able to provide more. Somebody say amen. amen. And it's going to happen. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do the words of the Lord, or of the law, it says, but it's actually the word of God, that we may do the word of God. So there are things that are secret. That they come by revelation. They are secret, but they come by revelation. God wants to reveal them to us. He's not withholding secrets to us, but he's concealed them. I mean, understand God has concealed these things for those who want them. You're not going to have them unless you want them. God is a God of secrets. And yet it says this in Proverbs 25 too. The Lord conceals a matter, but the honor of kings is to search them out. If you want this, this is why I said this morning. If you want this, search it out. I believe sitting in this room are people that if you'll search out what I'm saying and you'll listen to what I'm saying tonight and you'll begin to search out your prosperity that we can see your life completely turned around and the blessings of the Lord will come upon you if you want them. All the treasures of heaven and earth are wrapped up in mysteries and the Holy Ghost helps us to access those mysteries so that we can gain from the mysteries in all the areas of our life. 
And so by the Holy Spirit's help, these mysteries that are there, these secrets can be revealed to us, but they're there. They're within the Word of God, every answer. There is not one challenge, one problem, or one condition that there is not an answer in the Word of God. Has anybody in this room but me ever, you know, this was when I was young, and I needed an answer from the Lord. Now I wouldn't do this today, but God was faithful to me when I was young in the Lord. And I, I, I remember those days when you'd say, I'm going to just point at a scripture. Anybody remember those days? You can do that when you're young. You get older, you point at it and it says, go hang thyself. You know, you don't do that. But when you're a young Christian, you open it up and you fleece God in some way or whatever. You don't know any better. And you point to a scripture and God has an answer. How many of you have ever gotten an answer by doing that? Now, for mature Christians, I don't recommend that. Young Christians learn to be led by the Spirit. But when you're young, how many of you have had that actually happen? I'm telling you, when I was younger in the Lord, I'm telling you, I could open up the Bible at times and put my finger in it, and any answer that I needed was right there. It's amazing. God's so faithful and gracious and merciful, isn't he? Because the answer for every problem in life, the answer for every challenge in life is already there, already done, because God has already settled everything you will ever need. I said this this morning. He wants us to be preserved, blameless, spirit, soul, and body. That's all of who you are. He said he wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. That's all of who you are, spirit, soul, and body. That's all of you. He wants you totally blessed, not just spiritually blessed, not just materially blessed, not just physically blessed, but all three, material, physical, and, and uh, spiritually. No lack in your life. God wants no lack in your life, in anywhere. God has designed us to have no deficiencies. Now, if you evaluate your life the devil will come and he'll attack your, your, your body, he'll attack your health, he'll attack your money. And you see these things come, they're deficiencies in those areas. They, they're lack in those areas. But just like you went after your salvation, you're going to have to go after your healing. And just like you go after your healing, you're going to have to go after your prosperity. We've been taught by the church to stay small-minded. We don't think stars, moon, and sun. We think this planet, our backyard, few trees, us four, no more. But God is a whole lot bigger than all that. We've got to enlarge our thinking. We've got to get beyond realizing the secrets of God are in the Word of God and that God has an answer for your dilemma. Psalm says that the secrets of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. The word fear there is the word, the word worship. The secrets of the Lord are with those who worship the Lord, who are worshipers of God, who worship him, who are ardently and supremely committed to him. This isn't a haphazard event. It isn't spiritually lacking. 
the secrets of the Lord are given to us and he establishes his covenant within a, the worshiper, the one who worships. The first place we begin is to be worshipers, to be people of worship, people dedicated to God, committed, committed to the Lord. That is our first beginning. Why do I need financial empowerment? Why do I need prosperity in my life? First of all, let's just think of the garden. In the garden, man was in charge of the garden. He was the custodian of the garden, the custodian of the earth, as it were. And during that time, he had dominion over the earth, dominion. That's a type of authority over it. And then when he sinned, unconsciously, he transferred dominion or custodialship of the treasures of the world into the devil's hand. Does anybody understand that? You have to understand. The, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It belongs to God. But the maintenance of the treasures of it. The things contained in it. Those things that belonged to Adam, which belonged to us. The treasures of this world. They belonged to us. Were locked up by the devil because he was given the rights over them, as it were. Look, look at Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. The devil took him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this power will I give thee. Power over what? All the treasures of the world. All this will I give thee and the glory of them. For it's delivered unto me. And to whom I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, it'll be thine. Jesus did not challenge that statement. You need to get this. So in order for me to receive the prosperity that belongs to me, in order for me to have the, 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 the wealth that God wants, in order for me to have the transfer of the things that were created for me, the treasures of God, then there has to be a deliverance of those treasures to me. Does anybody understand that? Why do I need financial empowerment? Why do I need the power of God to financially empower me? Because those treasures are locked up. Now, if, if a strong man has a house, it takes a stronger man to take the house. In and of yourself, you are not powerful enough to take the treasure. If you don't, is anybody seeing what I'm saying? When Adam did what he did, he gave that custodial right over. The devil has these things locked away from us. But through Jesus, through the power of Jesus, the power to prosper, we can release those treasures from the, from the one who has bound those treasures. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? For that reason, it is impossible for a man to take his portion of wealth, the wealth of the world, without being empowered by God. You have to be empowered. 
That's why, and, 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 and you need to be, that's why you need to be, Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto his fathers, as it is this day. Someone who has, the, has some power is holding it. It will take someone with greater power to take it. So for you and I to take our portion, we need the empowerment of the Lord. Why do I need empowerment? Because Satan's holding what belongs to me. And through the power of Jesus Christ, the treasures of this world belong to us. Brother, they belong to you. They belong to you, Kirk. They belong to you. They belong to you. And someone's holding them, the devil. But through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have them released to us. We need to be empowered. Let me give you another reason. I'm going to give you eight reasons why you need empowerment to prosper. Two, we need to be free from borrowing. Now listen. Borrowing is not a sin. I've borrowed. Matter of fact, I have, a, I have some loans. But as I began to study this out, I began to realize that I'm not free. I'm not free, not as free as God would want me to be. The Bible says that the servant, uh, uh, listen to this, it says that Proverbs 22, 7, the borrower is the servant of the lender. Do you know why we need to be freed from lack? Because it's a weight. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says that every weight and sin that does so easily beset you. Think about how many things. I wanted to give my motorcycle away the other day. I actually told the young man if I had the thing paid off and I didn't have a debt on it, I'd give you this bike. Would to God say whatever you want to. But I'm believing God that I have enough wealth in my life that when God puts it in my heart and I have a desire to give, that I don't have to even think about it. I don't want to think about it no more. I want to be able to walk in there and hand somebody the keys to the car. I want to be able to hand somebody a brand new house. I want to be able to walk in. I don't want to be tied down to lack and debt. I want to be free. I'm ready to be free. I don't know about nobody else. I'm ready to be free. See, that, that just lit y'all up, I could tell. Because yeah, I've got a group of people that got that, that you got it in your heart. That, can you imagine? That, I mean, if somebody's in need and you're able to give it, I mean, you've got it to give. You, you don't have to worry about it and think about it and think about how you're going to get it done and how you've got to work on it. I mean, you, I mean, you're not stressed out about your bills. You've got more, more than enough. I'm ready to be free. I'm not going to be servant to the borrow anymore. I'm not going to do it. I believe God's going to set us free from these things. We're going to begin to see our debts gone, these credit cards paid off in Jesus' name. Choose between the lender and me 
I mean, think about it. It is, we've chosen the lender. I mean, if the choice is my God shall supply all my needs, haven't we chosen the lender over my God? It is good, isn't it? Now, I'm not saying where you are today is where you are, but I want to preach to get, get us out. Somebody say amen. I, I'm, I'm wanting to come out. I'm ready to come out. I'm ready to be delivered from Egypt and move on over into Canaan. Somebody say amen. Sometimes we're saying, it, it might be that we're actually saying God's too slow for us. We need to know that God is bigger than our situations. The reason we move forward sometimes in the way we have with finances is because it didn't come in fast enough and we're saying, God, you're too slow. I gotta go get me a lender. I'm not suggesting we don't get a loan. I am suggesting that we're gonna believe God to pay, or pay them off. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You might have just went and got one. I'm not telling you not to go get a loan. I'm telling you that it's time, you may get one today, but you start believing God immediately to get that thing paid off tomorrow. You never know how God's gonna do it, but he's gonna do it. Might be some rich uncle out there you don't know about. Number three, Christ died along or amongst other things to enrich us. Christ died so that we could be enriched. I read this to you, 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor, that through him, his poverty, we might be rich. We need to be empowered to enter into the inheritance that Christ purchased for us at redemption. It's our inheritance. It is God's desire that we have more than enough. It's your inheritance. It's being held up. How about a fourth reason? God confirms that we need finances. The word of God tells us we need them. Why do I need the empowerment to prosper? Because I need wealth. I need money. Here's what it says in Matthew 6, verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of things. God knows you need things. And the way to get them is empowerment to prosper. You must be empowered financially. You have to have an empowerment to prosper. Stay with me. Stay with me. You need it. Everybody needs financial resources. Everyone. No one is exempt. If you need it and you can't get it by your power and might, then you need the empowerment of God to walk in it. There's an empowerment that God will give us. Money is not evil. We've interpreted, many have interpreted that scripture wrongly. Money is not evil. The Bible says it is the love of money that is evil. It, it is, there's no value in money at, at all. Money in and of itself has nothing on it. It's neither cursed nor blessed. It is simply the tool that we use, but loving it and letting it source your life. You should see money as the tool to provide the blessings of God. Say amen. amen. Everyone carries around money in their pocket. 
You started when you were young. And if money is evil, then we all need to repent. Say amen. Amen. We've been keeping company with it for years. 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I wish above all things, highest desire. So God says we need to be empowered because he confirms our need for the riches. He confirms our need for finances. Number five, money answers some things. The scripture in Ecclesiastes says this, 10:19. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Now that's prop- improperly written. If you looked at it, you'd see it actually says money answers most things. Does not answer all things. Money does not answer, answer the redemption of your soul. You cannot buy salvation. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing. So money won't buy your salvation. Money won't buy you health. Money, there are many sick people that are very wealthy that die very early. Money is neither the answer to good health, nor is it the answer to long life. Money is not the answer to protection. So money is only the answer to most things. But our social life is sustained by money. All that we wear, the clothes, cologne, the hair, All that we have, money sustains our social environment or our social experience or our physical realm. And so God says he knows we have need of it. It is impossible to deal in this material world without money. Whether we like it or not, it's impossible. And to do kingdom business requires money. Say amen. Money, I said, was consumed from conception to death. Money is part and parcel of our material lives. So why would, be, why would we not realize, why, would, why can't we see that God needs to empower us for wealth, for money? Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, God needs to empower you for it. it takes God, listen to this, number six, poverty is a curse. I need financial and monetary Blessings from God and empowerment because poverty is a curse and it takes power to break that curse. Deuteronomy 28 tells us all the curses, if we looked at it, they're spelled out explicitly. Blessings are spelled out as well, but it takes the power of God to break the curses. Jesus said this, Jesus, didn't, we, Jesus said we did not come to endure life. We, 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 he came so that we could enjoy life. Many of us, this is a big point, Many of us on this planet, many of you in this room are simply enduring life. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more, not just an endurance of life, but an enjoyment of life. God wants you to enjoy life. John tells us in verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 10, thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life in that more abundantly. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 19. Charge them that are rich in this world. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in the uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth richly all things to enjoy. We're supposed to enjoy life and money 
helps us enjoy life. Who wants to admit it? Riches are joyful. They are enjoyful. It's important. Houses to live in. Cars to drive. Better to ride in a car than it is to walk. Number eight, so that I can abound unto every good work. God wants to empower us, and we need the empowerment of the Lord so that we can abound unto every good work. God wants prosperity to flow out of us. He wants us to bless others. He wants to be a blessing around us. Lives should be blessed around us, through us, by us, by this church. And in order for that to happen, you must be empowered to prosper. 